Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. All three names today. Aye. And Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Three names for you as well. Yes. Because, you know, we don't, threes, because it's one of the great numbers, <laughs> you know, in, in our, in theology, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy, 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 all these things. We're well, so doing threes. So any, the Trinity. Oh, yeah, that one too. There, there <laughs> just you go. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, so there we are, uh, and we are still continuing down this path of diving deeper into the mysteries of the Rosary, and uh, this series of episodes is on the luminous or the mysteries of light. Yes. Yeah, so we're talking about the mysteries of light, and we are on the fourth uh, luminous mystery, which is the Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a that's a fun one, and I, I know that a lot of times people... When they're either doing the rosary or during the couple of times a year where the the transfiguration uh, is in the forefront of the church's liturgy uh, on on certain feast days, feast of the transfiguration, for example, um, you know we'll hear about it and we'll we'll hear that so we're familiar with the with the scripture uh, coming from the Gospel of Matthew. We'll hear what happened up there on Mount Tabor. Uh, tradition tells us, and and and. And we'll see that, and we don't always necessarily stop and invest ourselves in it, right? And to the point where we get we get the fullness of the great mystery of what's taking place there, uh, and and that's why we think it's good to sort of do a deep dive into these mysteries in the rosary. Because at the same time, when we pray a rosary, we don't, uh, you know, transfiguration. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. You know, we we can kind of just kind of mosey or motor. <laughs> through all of them. the prayers uh, and we want to take some time and stop and sort of like dwell on it mm-hmm. right and 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 delve into this because there's such a rich rich um, mysterious but beautiful grace that comes to us that the more we know about God the more we know God uh, and the more that we like sort of find ourselves in the it's just like all of a sudden our outlook on life changes, and difficult decisions can become a little easier. It's just there's something beautiful. There's a grace there, and so that's why we want to do these mysteries of the Rosary, but also why specifically the Transfiguration. That's one where we hear and we see this, like you know, he turns into a big white ball of light, you know, and that's really cool. It's kind of like science fiction. I'm really into that, and, <laughs> you know, and you're thinking like all those cool things, and you can explain away most of it by saying, you well, he's showing them he's God. Yeah, he right? is who he said he was. Yes, yeah. uh, and so it's like, and then they really get it, you know. And you think, well, that's the whole point of this. Well, you know, leave it to the crew at the Catholic Cafe to dive so deep into this. We're like, I never thought of that. <laughs> you know, we got some other things. So we like to do a fruit with each one of these uh, sort of deep dives into a mystery. And today we have a mystery fruit. Ooh, yeah. Oh, oh that's like that's like like shutting your eyes and opening up a bag of Starburst. Exactly. Which, <laughs> what are we going to get? We don't. Uh, and, and the mystery will become sort of clear uh, when we when we start to reveal it. But we'll, but but hang in there. There's going to be a, a fruit, and we will we will reveal it in a moment. But first, I, we should start with the scripture just to familiarize with something that you're already kind of you've heard many times. But we want to get all the little nuances in there. So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 17 verses one through eight. 
After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved son with whom I am very, I'm well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. Wow. Mm. Okay, so there's a lot of story there. And this is, you know, for for the most part, and it's correct to say this is all about Jesus. Yeah. This is This is really, and this is the big word for the day, manifestation. This is where the apostles, it's like, we knew it. I knew it, Jesus. I thought you were God. I, I really did. You said it one time, but I really know it now. You were hinting at it, but now with what I just saw, I know that you're God, right? So God manifests Himself. Jesus manifests Himself with as this as this bright light, you know. And there's other translations that are beautiful. You know, uh, He was his, his clothes were such a white that even a fuller, you know, a, a person that. Like a launderer could not make them that white, mm. right? So that's like that's pretty white. It, it, understatement of the century, the uh, or of the millennia, or of all time. Lord, it is good that we are here. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> you know. And and there's also I think another translation that basically says that Peter didn't know what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. Of He's kind of like, hey, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and get us some uh, snacks. Uh, I, I'm gonna make a, we're gonna make three booths or we make three tents or whatever because you guys are like talking and everything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna head off to the kitchen. Hey Moses, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm Peter. Yeah, exactly. So it can be kind of we're making light of this, but it was like it was awesome. Oh my gosh! Like the, the word awe. Right. Right. Wonder and awe, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It had right? some of that, yeah. which made it awesome. Exactly. <laughs> and and it was it was some awe going on yes. up there. And you know, I, I've read several commentaries about the Transfiguration, and there's amazing things that happen there, and and you see it all in the light, but there's other things we don't know. Well, first of all, tradition tells us that it was on Mount Tabor. And if you can go to the Holy Land now, and you can go and see Mount Tabor. You can actually go and visit uh, several of these in, uh, incredible places, you know, Mount Sinai and Mount Tabor. And Mount Tabor is not, it is not a molehill. Mm. It is a steep, it's a, it's, a, it's a mountain. So they probably didn't have any snacks. And I don't know how he's going to erect three tents. <laughs> right. Because they had to climb up this mountain that probably took them one to two days to get up. Wow. It's, mm. it's pretty incredible. It's a mountain, right? Mountain. Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, God's always revealing himself, like up on mountains, you know, and, and up, up from high places, and, and then culminating in being high up on the cross, mm. right, is another manifestation of, of, of the saving power of God. But all this to say, this was an incredible time, and Peter, he didn't know what to do. Sure. He was awestruck by what, what he was seeing. And so, the, the instant lesson we take from this particular mystery of the rosary is, God is awesome. Right and 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 Jesus is God, right? Not like he's part God. He's kind of whatever. But it's like 
this is divinity displayed before us. I mean, light shooting out of his fingertips and the strands of his hair. And it's not unlike, uh, you know, when Tom gets a haircut, you know, <laughs> it's pretty incredible, I'm imagining. Wait, and there's awesome. a lot, there's <laughs> a lot of, awesome. there's a theme here. <laughs> Same with it, boys. Yeah. But there's a lot of different ways that, that, that Jesus is, the glory of God was made manifest there, right? So the white light instantly is one way right but moses and elijah being present i mean that in itself that's a manifestation of the fact that the law and the prophets testify to jesus and who he is yes exactly 100 percent. and there's lots of scripture scholars love passages like this because they can write books right about this and and literally there's so much to learn from it but i, I you know i just there are some obvious things that happen right uh, the 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 voice of the fathers, right? Those, uh, you know, the voice of the father who says, "This is my beloved son." Yes, with the Shekinah glory cloud, you know, overhanging him as well. So this is a trinitarian experience here. Yeah. Right? Any anytime there's a glory cloud, yeah, and something big's going on, <laughs> yeah. right? I haven't had a glory cloud uh, <laughs> recently, anytime. Uh, but the point is, one shows up for my haircut every night. Yes. I can. <laughs> I don't doubt it, it's Tom. Awesome, man. I don't you. doubt it, Tom. But like, it's also and and from the beginning, we've known this about Jesus. Like we've we've seen. Uh, well, I mean, the whole Bible, the whole salvation story. But really, when we get into the New Testament, pretty much every line in there is 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 revealing. Yes, the divinity of Jesus. Well, and also, I mean, this is it's not just this is my beloved son. It's also. It is our Heavenly Father saying, listen to him. Oh, yes. Right? So the Father is actually ordering them and us to listen to Jesus, to follow Jesus, right? So if, like, the, the glory of God goes from on high unto somebody and and the he- the voice from heaven says, listen to him, you're going to sit up and listen to him. And especially if you're told, he's my beloved son. Yes, yes. And, you know, and of course, that's echoed by Our Lady. Right. Right, do whatever he tells you. Right, and there's a there's a there's a connection mm-hmm. there, and that's the message. And so that helps us to know again, God manifesting uh, in uh, a, a Jesus, right? That this is a manifestation of God, and we know now it's like this is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So it's not like well, you Catholics and you Christians. You, you you listen to Jesus, we listen to other things. And so people who love nature or people who are not Christian, they'll listen to other things, right? And and sometimes we'll get fall into that trap of saying, like, well, that's fine, as long as we're all listening to something. It's like, well, no, this is where God himself says, this is my beloved son. I'm I'm well pleased with him. He meets the mark. He, you need to listen to him. Right, yeah, and, and, and that's a huge thing. I mean, it, it, listen, if I was at, you know, Starbucks and and a, the, the Shekinah glory cloud came upon the barista there and I heard the voice of heaven say, this is Morty, you know, your barista, <laughs> listen to him. I'd be like, Morty, do you have something to say to me? Yeah, right? Exactly. But, 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 but if it was actually, in addition to that, it was, this is my beloved son and that has never in the history of the world no. happened no. yet, no. right? So that's a bit massive re- revelation. Yeah, but dude, if Morty starts glowing... <laughs> You need to leave Starbucks. <laughs> well, but here's one of the things that you know I want to make clear. Like, so if the glory, if the glory of God has been with Jesus from the beginning of His incarnation, right? Um, and, and and we see it, we see it revealed in little ways, like the the, the the shepherds receiving the message from the angels, right? Right? Like that's one way. Well, the miracles, all the very yeah, the miracles. Right. We already had the wedding of Cana, yeah. right? At that point, um, but. 
you know, the, his glory was largely hidden from human eyes and human understanding. And, and even even people like uh, Peter and 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 you know uh, John and James, his closest disciples, they were still kind of figuring out who Jesus was, right? Mm-hmm. So this is Matthew seventeen, what you just read from Matthew sixteen. Peter already said, you are uh, the son of God, right? right? He already had that declaration, and Jesus said, heaven and earth, uh, I said that flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but our heavenly father, right? And so they're already kind of getting an idea of who he is, but in terms of it really sinking in, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all sinners, and one of the things that our faith teaches us is, faith, you know, when we sin, there's a darkening of the intellect that right. happens, right? We get blinded by our sins. You know, Jesus on the cross saying, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Like, literally, he's speaking to the spiritual blindedness Mm. that our sins take us to, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's literally walking among people who they're starting to see. They're walking literally with Jesus, and they're seeing him do amazing things, and they're hearing him speak. And sometimes the the glory, sometimes God is even touching people like Peter and, and revealing who he is. And they'll say what, you know, you are the son of God. But in terms of really understanding what that means, right. in terms of that really sinking in what that means, there, that hasn't happened it's not yet. There. No, I mean the same people who saw this transfiguration. I mean, flash, fast forward to the uh, to the to the passion. You've got Paul, Peter. He denies Christ three times. Yeah. The same Peter who saw this, oh, they right? All right. They they all scatter except John. Right. You know, um, he, he's sort of the ride or die of the yeah. uh, of the apostles, <laughs> right? But at the same time. That you know, there the glory has, but the glory's always been there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of bringing it to light for us. Right? Yeah. Now, I, so here's where, like, and that's typically what everyone, and it's rightfully what everyone should be saying about the trans, transfiguration, right? It's it, this is about Jesus revealing his divinity to those closest to him, right? Right. And that's how he chose it. Of course, I think doesn't he, when they walk down the mass, like, don't tell anybody he saw this, right? And I don't know. Maybe that was just like, look, dude, they're gonna they're gonna all call you crazy. But I'm just, I, you need to know this, right? right? So he allows them to to know this in this in this gathering. But then, two thousand years later, we know it uh, in in reading it, and so that's the that's the right translation or the right uh, understanding of this of this event. But I, I, I want to take us to a kind of a different place where sometimes we don't stop and think about this. When we either have the Feast of the Transfiguration or when we're meditating upon the, this fourth luminous mystery, uh, I, I want to, we need to remind people about the fact that we as Catholics teach that we are made in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so stop and think about that. If we're made in his image and likeness, we are actually made in, where that we can show that light because we're a reflection of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, however imperfectly, because we do have problems with sin and we don't see clearly and there's scales on our eyes many times because of the sinfulness and, and the darkness that we, we, we imbibe in, as it were, as we're going along in life. But the reality is what we're made to be in his image and likeness is we're made to be made manifest to others, to make him manifest to others through us. This sounds like the mystery fruit. It's a mystery fruit. It's the mystery fruit. So, yeah, so so really, the, the mystery fruit is seeing God manifested in others and also manifesting God to others. So, in other words, I, I just, I want us to see, I love that, the, the connection, like we're made in his image and likeness. That is not something that we just say and it can be chucked to the side like it's not that important. Mm-hmm. 
No, that gives us a great dignity and that we should be reflecting God. So if Jesus uh, is revealing his divinity, then we need to at least be revealing Jesus, who is divine, in us to others. And there, you know, I think something that's helpful here is uh, Pope St. John Paul uh, II wrote a, an encyclical, uh, Redemptor Hominis, and he talks about the fact that, you know, we use the term for Jesus, we call him the new Adam. Right? Yes, and um, paradoxically, uh, even though the the incarnation of the first Adam was first in time, you know, Adam took on flesh before Jesus took on flesh. Right? Adam was patterned after Jesus, not the other way around. I know, and that's important to note. And I don't often think about that. Right. Right, because Jesus came before Adam. Right. Because Jesus always was. Right. He's right. co-eternal with the now, Father. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus. You know, is the pattern for Adam. Now, Adam, in imperfectly human, uh, you know, sinned. So Jesus, right. uh, that was, it was like a, a, a I don't know, an in, incomplete copy of Jesus, <laughs> I, I guess. But the, but the point is, it is it is good to know that the new Adam is really the eternal, uh, the, the fulfillment, the, the truth of Adam, the true Adam, the true man. Yeah, and that, so if Adam, Adam was patterned after Jesus, then, you know, in this, and we were all patterned after the new Adam, Jesus, and this way, all of us have been created to reveal God in our bodies, right? But in and, our physical being, because yeah. again, remember, the transfiguration is not, it is spiritual, but it's not in spirit that it takes place. It literally is talking about, I mean, the word transfiguration, the Latin trans means to, to change, yeah, and then figura, just literally transfigure, really means to like change shape it's shape yes. figure is shape so it's like this is like changing like it's a it's a vision it's something to see and behold that's present before us and we, we've all i'm sure or at least hopefully have had the experience of being able to see god in others where you, like you see like a very holy nun for example and you see god alive in her eyes you see yeah. like a brightness in her countenance there's something that shines through her that's right like that's what god desires to do for us and through us you know, and that's the Holy Spirit at work as God is incarnating our, uh, Himself in us. Uh, and actually, there's a there's a line that I want to talk about from uh, Matthew and the Beatitudes, where, where it talks about "Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God." Right, and I think that's an important line for us to think about because that, that's about you know the Holy Spirit is the means by which we are purified, we are made more like Jesus. Right. Um, well. As we are growing in purity, and as the self is stripped away, God the scales be, falling from the, the eyes. Sky, right? Scales are falling from the eyes, and we are given eyes to see God in others. We're we're given eyes to see the dignity of others. People made in, that people are to see this person that I just met to see them as made in God's image, to see them as loved by God, called to be adopted by God, you know, as opposed to someone I'm going to objectify and use. And you see love instead. In, and with the eyes of love. Right. Yeah, I know. It's so, it's so beautiful that so often in all of our liturgies, in all of our interpretation of Scripture, and all, th- all through Scripture, Jesus and light become, I mean, light becomes the the the... Uh, the chosen symbol or the chosen way to describe Jesus, to live in light. And there's so many scripture verses that that teach us about to live in the light, right? To be in the light. But it's not just like a, a figurative kind of speech. I mean, we're talking about actual light. 
Yeah. Something to be seen. And again, if we're talking about the incarnation and talking about uh, Jesus taking on flesh, there's a physicality there. And it means that what we do with our flesh is actually shining light that others can see and experience. Yeah. Right? And so and that's what we're called to do. And so that's manifesting, that's divinity manifesting through us to others and through uh, others to us. And it also extends to our sufferings as well, right? And, yeah. and to see, you know, uh, the, the, when you see suffering in the world, if to, to seek to see, you know, people like Mother Teresa, she saw Christ in his sufferings when she saw and she saw it and she's called it the distressing disguise of the poor mm-hmm. you know like having eyes to see uh rather than oh man there's there's a poor person they look like an annoyance they look like they're trying to interrupt my day she sees, she sees a poor spirit right she sees this she sees jesus you know in that person and like christ himself says you know later in matthew that what you do for the least of my brethren you do for me right you know and that's one of the things about the mystery of suffering and why we're really we're really called to uh to receive suffering joyfully i mean it's it's there's there's a work here and again the suffering it, it can be mental anguish you know broken heartedness and things like that but also there can be great physical Suffering yes. that takes place, that then we we connect in a beautiful way to this divine light, uh, and that that in our suffering, in the physicality of our suffering, in the vision, and the the appearance, and the reality of our suffering, uh, that that all this unites to essentially elevate us to a level that we never thought possible, and really it becomes the fullness of the human being. But before we can really see God on the move and see God in others and see Christ's sufferings in others, you know, we we have to kind of begin with what they call divine filiation. Yeah, I don't call it that. Well, some people have. Okay, yeah, yeah. probably smarter people than me. (laughs) Or that uh, the divine filiation meditation. I am a child of God. God is my father. I am a child of God. You know, may we really receive ourselves as children of God and and receive in our hearts what that really means right yeah we're we're and we're, we're that we're connected in a way that is not just um a, a virtual relationship or yeah. you know like hey i really get that guy you know right. it's more like no no you you are part of that guy you are you know blood is thicker than water you you are part of his 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 flesh because it you were made in his image and likeness and you're connected in a way that's profound that's that's a family that you're a child and you have dignity in that. And yeah. got, got, there's a God-given dignity to the human person. God desires to adopt every single person that he's loved into existence. He R- desires right. every single person to experience the fullness of him. I know there's a meditation where it talks about, you know, Jesus, where, where God says, the Father says, this is my beloved son. Yes. And that we essentially then are beloved sons and daughters. Yes. Right? If we accept that. And, there, and I love that word beloved, right? Uh, and... The reflection was on allowing ourselves to be loved. Yes. That we are usually the, our own worst enemy when it comes to allowing ourselves to be loved. Yes. We become the, the, the stop, the, the wall, the, you know, and it's our sinfulness, our pride, whatever it is that, that turns us away from God. And we, don't, and, and we don't allow ourselves that dignity of being a child of God. What, are we allowing, our, as we meditate on the transfiguration, let's give, we're being invited to, to share in what the Heavenly Father spe- spoke over Jesus. This is my beloved son. You know, and it's, it's 
by Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit that we're stepped into this trin- we're invited into this trinitarian mystery and so I would challenge the folks in radio land let yourself as you meditate upon the transfiguration let our heavenly father speak those words over you you yes yeah take it to heart and take it personally right right again this is about Jesus but it's also about you. Yeah. And you can't separate those if you believe what we believe in the church. Right. Right. It, we're, we're connecting that way. So, so it's, it's a huge challenge. Right. Am I receiving myself as a child of God? Am I receiving my dignity as being in his image? Am I allowing myself to receive his love? Am I allowing him to love through me? Am I allowing him to change how I see myself? And am I allowing him to change how I see my suffering? And am I allowing him to change how I see others? And I'm a, am I allowing him to change how I love others? Mm. Right? And sometimes you receive that love from others. Right. In his name. Yes. Right? So am I allowing myself to see in others him? who wants to reveal himself to make himself manifest in others for me on my behalf, Mm. right? And how many times is he going to use me to do that same thing with others? And so we start to realize this element of family and how beautiful that is. Yes. So that's what we need to pray about, and that's what we need to ask ourselves uh, to to consider. And, uh, you know, in all this idea, there's a beautiful prayer, St. John uh, Newman's Radiating Christ Prayer. Mm, Yes. Right? Let's just pray through that real quick here. Dear Jesus, help me to spread your fragrance everywhere I go. Flood my soul with your spirit and life. Penetrate and possess my whole being so utterly that all my life may only be a radiance of yours. Shine through me and be so in me that every soul I come in contact with may feel your presence in my soul. Let them look up and see no longer me, but only Jesus. Stay with me and then I shall begin to shine as you shine, so to shine as to be a light to others, the light. Oh, Jesus will be all from you. None of it will be mine. It will be you shining on others through me. Let me thus praise you in the way you love best by shining on those around me. Let me preach you without preaching, not by words, but by my example, by the catching force, the sympathetic influence of what I do, the evident fullness of the love my heart bears to you. Mm. That's so beautiful, and it just speaks of the transfiguration, but in us. Yes. Right? So let's ask the Blessed Virgin Mary to be with us and guide us in this process. Mm. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the the hour hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.